0: From recruiting and consulting firm, RyderFlex, I'm your host, Steve Urban, and here is your RyderFlex episode of the day. On today's RyderFlex podcast, we have guest Erica Pearson, the co-founder and CEO of Vacation Fund. Vacation Fund is a cost-effective strategy for competitive companies to attract talent, reduce the risk of burnout, and increase employee retention. It's a platform that allows employees to direct a portion of their paycheck into a separate vacation fund and allows companies to match a portion of those contributions. I found Erica's positive spirit and passion for what she's building to be very inspiring and uplifting, and I'm guessing you will as well. Erica, how you doing?
1: I'm good, thanks. How are you?
0: I'm awesome. I really appreciate you being on the show. I'm Anxious to hear all about Vacation Fund and everything you guys are doing over there.
1: Yeah, thank you so much. Well, we were inspired by a Colorado-based company, so this is perfect.
0: Oh, you were? Okay, we'll definitely get into that. I didn't know that. All right. Now, you're in Toronto, right? I am. Okay, now that's where you're at today, and that's where the company's based as well?
1: Yes, absolutely. We've got a little bit of a presence in Chicago as well. Uh, you don't really meet a Canadian tech startup very often that only plans to sell in the Canadian market. So we do have our American presence. Okay. Very to us.
0: Okay. Good. Good. Before we go too far down that path for vacation fund, I I think you have a very interesting story. So I I want you to share with the listeners. Why don't you just start with where you grew up, maybe a little bit about your family, and maybe some stuff in there about your parents and school, and whatever whatever personal stuff you want to share.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I'm happy to share. So I grew up just outside of Toronto, so I grew up Canadian. I was always a competitive athlete, um, first soccer and then field hockey, actually, um, I played for my university. I played for the province of Ontario. I actually had considered trying to get a scholarship to one of the American schools. Um, but what I know about Americans and sports is that would have been my full-time job. Right. It would have been more of an athlete than a student. And yes, for the yes. Canadian universities, there's a little bit more of an opportunity Ooh. to have a sense of okay. both. So okay. the athlete experience and the student experience. So well, I a, wanted to-
0: yeah, I Yeah, totally, I totally understand. But you played all four years?
1: All four years. Yep. And I actually, I like to say I got more out of my athletics in terms of learning and personal growth than my studies, but that's just the way I learn.
0: Uh, You've been in a leadership role athletically, like, yeah, ever since probably middle school, I'm guessing or something.
1: Yeah,
2: absolutely.
0: (laughs) Isn't isn't it interesting? I don't know if you have found this in your professional life. Um, If I, as a recruiting firm, if we're interviewing or hunting down an executive and I find out that they were a four-year starter in college at like a division one school, there's always something a little extra special about those people.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, I I think, I think more than anything, athletics teach people real life skills before they're in their career. Right. I mean, school teaches you how to study and sometimes how to work with others. Sports is like, here's the pressure. Here are your goals. You are, you have a commitment a lot of the time to your team and to the future and to your progress. And yes. you have a lot more responsibilities. It's not just about you, yes. right? And, and yes. yeah,
0: teamwork. Uh, you know, how, knowing how to take defeat and wins. Um, Yes, yes.
1: Dealing with loss, dealing with constructive criticism, dealing with people (laughs) yelling at you and you having to say, okay, I have to ignore the fact that they're yelling at me. And what what can I take out of this as constructive criticism? How can I use what's being said to me in a constructive way to improve? It's just a need to consistently improve, consistently push yourself. It doesn't matter if you're having a bad day or you feel sick, you have to get up early and go to practice. Like it's just that level of discipline that a lot of people don't get without competitive sports.
0: Agreed. Discipline is a great word. And you're, you're, you know, you're coachable, just all of those things. And, and by the way, one more thing to touch on that, because we could probably do a podcast for an hour on that topic. Absolutely. I love the fact that in your LinkedIn profile, you you include some of these details. So you're like, hey, I was captain of this, and this is what I did, and some of the sports stuff. I love that. I, I was interviewing uh, a, a lady for a C-level spot recently. She uh, went to Cornell. Awesome. And I did not know until we're in in the middle of the interview that she was a four year starter in lacrosse for 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 Cornell, because it was nowhere in her resume or her LinkedIn profile. Right. And I said, "What a minute! Hold on. You you were a four year starter, with, you know, in lacrosse at Cornell." She goes, "Oh yeah, yeah." And I and I said, w- "Why isn't that on your profile?" She's like, "Oh, you think that should be on my LinkedIn profile?" I'm like, "Yeah, it's yes."
1: Oh my goodness. Yeah, that's incredible. That's a huge accomplishment and that should not be downplayed.
0: Exactly. Yeah, I totally agree. So, okay. So early on, big time athlete, super competitive, super driven, lots of early leadership skills. Anything in college that told you you were going to be an entrepreneur or that was that bug in there earlier that hadn't really hit you yet?
1: It really was not. I was definitely, I definitely liked to prioritize things that I was passionate about. Okay. That's probably the core. I like to be goal oriented. I always have a goal ahead of me and that drives how I make my decisions with how I spend my time.
0: Does that Um, come from your parents? Were they super goal oriented, super competitive?
1: Yes. Well, my dad, my dad, yes. Um, they, they both are goal oriented, but I'm t- take after my dad and he actually played in the CFL out of uh, college. Oh, so he played for the Toronto Argonauts for three oh, years. Uh, okay. And then he went into finance for 20 years and then. After that, he actually said, okay, well, now the other goal that I had for myself was to become a high school teacher. So now he's teaching grade 12 economics. Like he had such dramatic career changes.
0: Wow. So it's right now. He's teaching right now. Yeah. Do the students come in and go, hey, man, like that guy used to play in the CFL.
1: (laughs) I mean, I think the CFL is generally considered less of a big deal than the FFO. But still, still. still, they do like that. The other thing that they like is because and him having been in sales and trading and in capital markets, that drove how I ended up on a Mm -hmm. trading floor. Um, And that meant that as a grade 12 economics teacher, all of the market cycles that he's ever talking about, he lived and he was trading in. And so he can speak about it with such a level of experience that people appreciate that more than anything. Like this guy really was there for it.
0: Your dad had a major impact on your life, not only athletically, but it's what you did professionally. You followed that path early on. Okay.
1: Yes. Special,
0: Special relationship there.
1: Yes. Yes. He, uh, Yeah. He's had a huge influence on me. And I think the trading floor, the trading floor, it was nice for me that it felt like a very competitive environment. It felt like a strength if you could hold your own. Um, it was fast paced. It was exciting. Um, gotcha.
0: Oh, gotcha. Now what'd your mom do?
1: So she, she and my dad had actually met in finance, uh, but she had grown up in the Azores. So in the middle of the ocean, basically, I see. Yes. And so she had moved to Canada. She went into finance. She got a degree. She was amazing. She was building the first systems so that people back in the day, back in the 80s, for people to be able to trade swaps. And for anyone that knows what that is, that is not an easy thing to be able to figure out.
0: Okay, no, I yeah, I don't know what that is, but okay.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's it was incredible. Um, and then when I was born her initial plan was to go back to work and then she stayed home to raise me. It was okay. sort of her her Portuguese instincts kicked in and said I need to raise my child. Okay. Um and then after that she started studying nutrition. So she actually, now she actually has doctors coming to her sometimes because she just knows so much in detail in terms of how your ancestors and your DNA impacts your health and what you're susceptible to and how your blood work impacts what you can and can't eat. And she just really digs into the research behind everything and is completely unbiased, which puts her in a very unique position.
0: Wow. Wow. So, So, so athletics and health and wellness and being in good shape and being health, that's that's huge in your family
1: that is it's huge in my family and i think it's been a big part of my ability to sort of run this startup marathon is knowing <laughs> how to look after myself right. I, I have right. learned that that's incredibly important and so yeah that's been that's been very valuable and they're both just so supportive
2: the only child
1: no, you. I have a brother that okay. is a year and a half younger than me. I am um, actually, I'm getting married this summer and my brother will be my mate of honor at my wedding. Like he, we're so close. Cool. He's, he's awesome. Very um, cool. Very cool. And I cool. think a part of what made us so close is actually also a part of the inspiration behind Vacation Fund was my dad. My dad is what I refer to as a millennial before millennials. Oh, Really? Yes. So he prioritized experiences and travel over stuff, but he saved for it. He was, he was very frugal. will not spend on stuff. will not spend money on stuff, but he took us traveling three times a year. We stayed in hostels. We did house swaps. He found economical ways for us to travel. But by the time I turned 22, I'd been to over 40 countries.
0: That's very cool. I, I love that. I think that's awesome. (laughs)
1: Yeah. Yeah. And that's all thanks to my dad prioritizing our family's time and money. And then that has resulted in us being so close because he really made that a priority.
0: I see. So you didn't always have the the newest car or the newest TV, but you got to go cool places.
1: (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. Ah. Um, And now I appreciate it so much because I look back on that and I think I had the most privileged upbringing, not because we had fancy things, because we got to go everywhere.
0: That's wow. I mean, 40 countries by the time you were what? 22? twenty two yeah but so all as you as you hear about your childhood and early your early career, I mean it all is tying into what you ended up doing right I mean that's wild, so okay, so um sounds like awesome parents, awesome childhood, um, congratulations by the way, on all of the you know athletics and academics and everything that you accomplished early all thank huge, you huge stuff, and by the way, pressure following your dad and all that too, a little bit of pressure there
1: yeah, yeah, absolutely, well, I was kind of like. My dad and I are very much alike, and I was the the athletic one between myself and my brother. My brother's very artistic; he runs a okay. successful YouTube channel. He oh, animates, he does. like, yeah, yeah, he's he's amazing. But we had very different interests, okay. and so I was like my dad's athlete, and I so see. that was, yeah. But, uh.
0: <laughs> That's very good. Okay, so so after college, you're you're on the trading floor, right? You're you're doing yep. your thing. Yep. Walk me. Yeah, let's let's walk through your career a little bit. How long did you do that? And then walk us into how you decide you woke up one day and you said, you know what, I think I want to be an entrepreneur. Let walk us in. Walk us into it.
1: Yeah, yeah. No, well, it's funny because out of school, I just thought I was like, oh, I've made it onto the the trading floor, the biggest right. trading floor in Canada. Right. I am where I need to be you now. I can just do things like supporting women in capital markets and show other women that you can actually have a successful career in capital markets that still was, is primarily male dominated. Mm, Um, and so I, I, but I liked it. I liked how fast space it was. I liked that it felt competitive and I liked the opportunity to move around to a number of different desks. Okay, There are sales desks, there are trading desks. And that was really cool to be able to see, okay, what are all my options here for my career? Um, but as I mentioned, I am a very goal oriented person. So I was moving around desks and I said, I don't see anyone's job that I really want.
0: Ooh, there's a, Where, there's a, ooh, there, there's a, there's a, clear sign right
1: there. Ooh. Okay. Yeah, I said, where's my next goal? Like whose mm. life am I trying to achieve right here? Like mm. it was a trading mm. floor of 300 people and I'm looking around saying, I don't know if I'm jealous of any of these people's positions. Like, <laughs> like mm. especially cool. coming into finance after 2008, my <sighs> first year in finance was, I guess the summer of 2011. I did three summers during university Okay. Um, and the world it had just changed a little bit. Like yeah, I, right, I really right. like to build relationships. So the sales side was no, more of my area of expertise. But back in the day, when my dad was in sales and trading, you could do a lot more in terms of building relationships and, mm. and doing activities with clients. Um, versus now in a lot of institutions in finance, you need written permission to spend more than a hundred dollars on a client. It's very really? restrictive. Oh,
0: really? Wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. That's, okay. Well, first of all, you can't take them to dinner for less than a hundred dollars. So.
1: No, <laughs> no. So was like, ah, uh, the number and the number of roles and the number of people to fill those sales roles seems to be shrinking. I because- see. Every, a lot of the day-to-day tasks can be automated, right? Mm -hmm. On one of the trading desks that I loved, Mm -hmm. I was sitting back-to-back with co-op students that were programming our trading algorithms, and that was not my area of expertise. And they said, yeah, there will be fewer trading jobs in the next Mm -hmm. 5, 10 years. And so Mm -hmm. I said, trading, like, how many transferable skills are there here? If I do this for the next 5 or 10 years and the jobs disappear, what do I do after that?
3: Gotcha. Okay. So I started All right. to
1: think just longer term and really what it came down to is people said, well, the next step in your career to keep doing well here is to go write your CFA. And okay. For those who are not familiar, the CFA, you're still doing your full-time job, but the CFA is 300 plus hours of studying every year for anywhere between three and five years. There's three exams. Usually you can only write them once a year. And if you fail, then you have to study again for the same exam next year. And it's a lot of work for uh, things that.
0: Yeah. You're not sure you want to do.
1: <laughs> I wasn't sure I wanted to do it. I started to think, am I actually passionate about this? The content of the things that I'm going to have to spend the next mm. 300 plus hours, three years in a row study. And
0: how old were you right there?
1: Ooh. Okay. Let's see. This was, I guess I graduated 2014. So 2015, 2016, um, is that maybe 23?
0: So right in there, are you you're you're having happy hour with your friends and are you telling your friends you're saying, man, I just don't know if I want to do this. Like are you having these conversations with your family and friends at this at that time?
1: Yeah. Yeah, I started with my dad. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> because he's also, despite what he has done and all the crazy changes he's made for himself, a relatively risk averse person and okay. risk averse people. Do not generally go and start companies and leave no. a six figure job to that. <laughs> uh, so he so
0: he was like, What are you talking about? You'll be fine. was he kinda of, all right
1: he was he was he was not saying you will be fine he was a little bit freaked out i think he was yeah like, you that's kid. what i yeah right yeah. okay. So <laughs> like, you put all your eggs in this finance basket i'm thrilled for you you got there you're doing well you're making good money why the heck are you considering jumping ship like where did this come from It was a bit of a, a shock to the system
2: mm-hmm. i mean he's
1: been very supportive since but i would say the first time i talked to him about it he's kind of like what are the words coming out of your mouth? <laughs> uh,
0: okay, now, but you didn't know what you wanted to do, though. You didn't. I, you, all right.
1: I had no idea. So I, what I did was I started reading. So there's a publication, an online publication in Toronto called Notable, and Notable was okay. featuring young entrepreneurs. Okay. Almost, I think it was almost every day, and so I started reading these articles because also. At a bank, there are very few things. There are very few sites where if you have some quiet time, you're actually allowed to go on the websites. Right. Like the, the things that you could have access to was a lot of the time limited. Okay. And so one of the publications I did have access to was notable. And I kept reading these articles about young people starting companies. A lot of the times, they didn't have experience starting these companies or even in the industries where they were starting the companies in. But what was interesting was these were very passionate people and they were very goal-oriented. They Mm -hmm. found a problem that they were really excited to solve. And so as I started thinking, okay, well, I'm young and ambitious and I live working hard for things that I'm really passionate about. What would I want that thing to be? And so I started really digging in further and listening to all the, the Y culminator materials, the how to start a startup materials, anything I could get my hands on. I was doing my homework. Like that was my way to be risk averse and start looking into, okay, what would this actually look like? Let me put a plan together as much as plans for startups are useless in the early days. And you started
0: being inspired. i mean, you would hear the stories and you would hear, and you'd be like, Ooh, I'm inspired by that person. And being, being in athletics, you always were inspired by other athletes, right? And coaches. So you're hearing these stories and you're like, Oh, I want to do that. I want to do that.
1: (laughs) Yes. Yes, exactly. Exactly. All right. Okay. And the, so the two lessons, the two lessons that stood out to me very early on before I ever jumped ship or ever took any courses on anything related to this space, the two lessons were don't start a startup unless you are so passionate about solving the problem that you can't not do it. Yeah. I like that, that was the first lesson, which makes sense now yeah. that I know how hard it is. Like if you're not <laughs> incredibly motivated then, and you're not passionate about it, you will give up. That's right. It's going to be hard enough that you will want to give up.
0: Can we just pause right there for the listeners? I just want to let that sink in right there. I just want to <laughs> let that line sink in. Cause that right there is damn good advice. Yeah. yeah. If you are not super passionate about it, you probably will give up cause it's super ass hard. I just want to let that sink in for the listeners. Let's just breathe there for just a second. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. There was two. Yeah. And what was the other one? Then what was the other? Uh, yeah, go ahead.
1: The other one that, yeah. The other one that was interesting. So as I started, I guess, I guess I was a little bit forward thinking, noticing that people are programming our trading algorithms and everything. And so I was trying to think about where the world is going to be. And okay. I noticed that a lot of the successful startups were in the tech space mm-hmm. of which I had no experience <laughs> in. But the other lesson was most tech startups today get within one developer's salary of failing. So if you do not have someone technical in the trenches with you, it's a lot harder to succeed. And if you're paying people at cost for mm-hmm. what you should pay a full stack engineer up front that you, like, you better have a lot of money up front or find someone that will not yep. charge you that.
0: It's so interesting. I was just not to do a plug for Shark Tank, but I was just watching an episode where a guy was pitching his new tech company yep. and, and Mark Cuban said, are you a developer? And he said, no. And Mark Cuban was like, I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> yep to your point to your yep. point i like okay so all right so you're thinking to yourself i'm not a developer so okay all right go ahead so these are all good t- tips so far so then what then what do you so then how all right walk us walk us into what happened next
1: so i was overwhelmed but i took those two things to heart and i said right. okay well first what is the problem that i am so passionate about solving that i can't not do okay now the travel space everyone is passionate. A lot of people are passionate about travel. And so the travel tech space has exploded and everyone is trying to make their margins. So I'm looking into this thinking, okay, where do, where could I fit in? Mm. What I found that was interesting was that there were a few bucket list platforms. I'm a very visual person and there were these bucket list platforms and Richard Branson actually invested in one of them. There's bucket dream, bucket Listy, a few others. And I said, okay, well, this is great. People are setting and accomplishing goals. I'm a big fan of setting and accomplishing goals. Okay. What I thought was interesting is that a lot of people that are setting these travel goals, setting these vacation goals, a lot of people wanted to go on safari. A safari.
0: But okay. Now, where are you finding this information? How do you know that?
1: So I went on these bucket list platforms because I said, well, I want to help people. I want people to experience life the way I got to experience oh,
3: okay. life. Okay. All right. Okay. So got
1: I got to go travel to a lot of places because my, that's what my dad said. I, for us to prioritize our family's time and money, this is what's going to make us the happiest. This is our best way for our family to spend our time together. We are going to travel and partake in experiences. So I thought, okay, how can I help people live their lives to the fullest?
0: And how, how, can, I help people- and how can I help people to get to, to be able to do some of the things my dad allowed us to do knowing that there are very few people on the planet like your dad that will actually plan for that stuff and set it right. Very few,
1: <laughs> very, very few. So,
0: okay, go ahead. All right.
3: And so. so,
1: so I'm looking at, looking at these things and I think, well, everyone wants to do these things. Where is the budget going, going to come from? Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. life is very expensive mm-hmm. in many parts of North America, especially in the big cities. Yep. And so I said, who I, I, never gone on safari because that was one of the expensive trips that my dad said that I'm going to take you to a cheaper country.
3: I see. Okay.
1: Safaris, especially good safaris can be incredibly expensive trips. I still uh. haven't tried to plan one myself. Oh. Um,
0: I didn't know that. I didn't know yeah. that. Okay. They, All can, right. be,
1: they can be uh, from what I've heard anywhere between 10 and $20,000 per person.
0: Why is that? Because Okay. Can we just pause there? Why is that? Is that because of the security or the danger or what, what is that?
1: I think there may be, because it's a different culture and people aren't sure about safety from a lot of different perspectives, Mm -hmm, that mm -hmm. means people want to travel with companies that are very experienced in that area. So people are less likely to do safaris or those kinds of trips on their own. So you're more (laughs) likely to go through a travel company that's very familiar with the area, but will probably potentially use fear to say, hey, you know, you really should go with us because Uh, we'll make sure you're looked after.
3: I can see that. Okay. All right. All right. So, So, like,
1: it makes sense. Yes. I mean, that's a part of the world that a lot of us are unfamiliar with. If you didn't Mm -hmm. grow up there, then you have Mm -hmm. no idea what to expect when you get there.
0: Totally, totally agree. Totally agree. Okay. All right. And you and you know, of course, when you're doing your study and all this, you also know that you know so many a large a large portion of the population is living check check to check and not putting back for vacations. Uh, Yes, they may have vacate two weeks of vacation from their company, but. A lot of families just don't plan for it, don't put back money for it, you know. And then at the last at the last minute, they're like, Oh, what what am I gonna do? I didn't plan anything. Okay, you go yeah.
1: ahead. Yeah, absolutely. Well that and I mean if you look at especially the millennial generation in particular, just to dig into stereotypes, this is this is the Instagram generation, right? People are always looking at what are what is everyone else up to? Where have you traveled to in a year? People are building an identity around places that they've been. That's
3: true.
1: They have, you're Mm -hmm. showing people, this is what I'm doing at any given time. Right. Um, And so I thought, well, this is great. I I love for people to, to plan and to want to achieve all these incredible experiences. I know experiences make people happier than stuff does. How can I make people feel encouraged to keep saving and working towards these things and not just go buy that purse that makes you feel happy in the next couple hours, but then the the appeal wears off.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: You're absolutely right. You're absolutely I I love the fact that you said that, by the way. Um, you know, the experiences are, I, 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 wanna, I, wanna, I don't want to get you too off, too far off track, but I just have this quote that I heard somebody say, and I apologize, I can't give credit to the person that did it because I heard it on a YouTube podcast. She said, I don't want my life to be dictated by things. I want my life to be dictated by the experiences I'm chasing.
1: That's incredible.
0: And I was like, "Oh man, that's powerful. I love that. I love it." And that's basically what you're saying. That that's how that's what you built your company on, pretty much. Not to, exactly. there you go. You know, I'm right. I mean, okay. All right. So now you're working through in your head. You're working through. You're getting closer and closer to what you want to do, uh, and you think you're getting closer. All right. Now I'm curious as to as you put all this on paper and you get the idea. Of, Walk us into the day you decided to quit your job and how you got it funded and all those things.
1: (laughs) Oh man, it seems like forever ago. (laughs) Technically, what day is it today? Technically, I incorporated the company almost exactly three years ago. It was three years ago as of January 16th.
0: That's when you went on the, I don't know if Canada is the same way, but you fill out the you know, you, you, you get your little tax ID or whatever.
1: Yep. yep. <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, that was the day. So before that, okay. before actually jumping ship to do this, I said, okay. okay, well, what I'm picturing, I'm a very visual person. As I mentioned, I was picturing one of these bucket list things. But when I was at the bank thinking that I was saving for a down payment, turns out I was saving to start a company. <laughs> uh, I, every time I got paid, I transferred money into a separate financial institution so that I could not touch it. So I was operating as though I was making a third of my salary.
3: Beautiful. Great. great. Love it. Great advice.
1: And so that's, I kept transferring that out thinking again, thinking it was a down payment and then it actually turned out to be saving for a company. And so I thought, okay, I like this. I like it when saving can happen automatically. I like it when you can set something up. As soon as your paycheck hits your account, you can divide it up into the things that you want. What I was picturing is an automated savings tool similar to acorns and a few of the others that already existed, but with more of a, a Pinterest or a vision board feel so that if you went, if you went to move the money out of that account, it would warn you you will be this much further away from this dream vacation.
0: You- I like that. I'm almost visualizing that. Like the beach is like right here. And if you withdraw money, the beach is further.
1: <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I and love I was that. like, how I love can you that. remind people? Your life is better if you don't go buy this pair of shoes right now.
0: I love it. Love it. I'm loving it. Okay. All right. It's
1: a play on, uh, on psychology. And I, yes. and I realized, like, it, it can be hard to save, right? It it's can hard- be it's hard for anyone. It's just setting up those habits and how can you help people change their habits? So at this time I'm like admiring what mint is doing and acorns and all of these other tools. And I'm thinking, okay, this is great. How can I make it even more visual, even more aspirational? Like how can I help people work towards exactly their vacation goals?
0: And as you're whiteboarding, all of this, you're still working your job, You're still, you're still moving through your day and you're, you're doing this at night on the weekends and then your spare time. You're, you're mapping this out by yourself.
1: Exactly. Yes. Yes. By myself. So idea, idea comes into my head. I'm like, okay, this can be a thing. What are the other solutions out there that resemble this? What, like, who is anyone else doing exactly this? And the answer was not quite. Um, And so the next step with the second lesson that I learned up front was, okay, Most startups get within one developer's salary of failing. And so I said, okay, I need to know what it is that I don't understand about the tech space. I've never worked for a tech company. I've never, I don't have any friends that are developers. (laughs) Most of my friends are on the business side. We don't know how to pull this off. And so what I did was I took a course in the evenings at an institution called BrainStation. Oh
0: my gosh, I love it.
1: (laughs) BrainStation had courses. The first one I did was intro to web development. I said, I don't think I'm going to be a coder. I don't think this is my skill set, but I need to know what it is I don't understand. I need to start understanding the missing parts here. Mm. Um, So that was the first step. I am a horrendous coder.
0: That's that's before you incorporated. That's before anything.
1: Yes. I was still at my full-time job. Thankfully, I was on a desk where I actually, these were Monday nights, 10 weeks in a row, three hours every Monday night. And then you were expected to do some work to follow up and, and make progress during the week on the learnings. All right. Um, and it was interesting. It was hard for me. Like I coding does not come naturally to me. I like the logic and I like where, and I've done a lot of work with Excel and, and sort of logic and formulas. And I liked the parts of it that resembled that, but yeah. it's a lot of work <laughs> and a lot of brain power to actually figure it, especially when something's going wrong. So I at least developed an appreciation okay. for developers. Okay. All right. Very uh, good. And you
0: finished the course, you finished it.
1: I finished it. I finished All the right. course. Um, I was not one of the top performers in my class. I don't think <laughs> they didn't really grade us, but I wouldn't want to be graded on that. Um, uh, that was, yeah, that was the first step. So I at least said, okay, now, now what do I not understand? Okay. And so the course that I actually got more out of a very similar 10 week evening course every Monday nights was a intro to UX UI design. Okay. For someone that is not a good coder, that made a lot more sense to me because it was more closely tied to human psychology. And you, you said, and
0: you said earlier, you're a visual person, so yeah, you're liking that better.
1: Exactly. So it's and and especially if you grow up with at least in the later years of my upbringing with a cell phone and a laptop, we see web-based applications and mobile apps all the time, right? And so to go into a UX/UI design course and say, yeah. okay. When a user comes to this page or this screen, how do they interpret what to do next? Mm-hmm. What, what shows them what the next step is? And so it actually got you thinking. And it, it was really cool to say, I use all these apps. This is how they guide you along. And this is how they show you what to do next. And right. so that also, I'd already had the idea for vacation fund at that point. So I made the first clickable prototype. Oh, you, by yourself, by yourself, by myself. Okay. By now, myself.
0: Now, now was it called vacation fund? Is it, did you, Okay.
1: It was, it was you, literal enough that I just said, like, it, it is a vacation fund. That's what it is. I, I and, thought about coming up with a name that was more ambiguous, but.
0: And when you went on GoDaddy, like GoDaddy or wherever you got the URL that that was available?
1: Uh, vacationfund.com, I still do not have to this day. Oh, that,
0: Oh, that's right. What is it? It's,
1: it's, it's, it's .io which I learned right. from the technical world that that's Indian ocean and oh. that a lot of tech companies do actually use .io. So we went with that for starters. Okay.
3: okay, great. All right.
1: Yeah. And, and we incorporated as vacation fund Inc. And I was guided by lawyers about why that actually would be good for, yeah. for different purposes going forward named corporation versus numbered. Um, no.
0: so you drew up the, or you not drew up, you, 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 you did the first prototype by yourself.
1: I did. I did. And it's hilarious to look back on now because the <laughs> color scheme was horrendous. Like color palette wise, I had no idea what I was doing, but each of the vacation goals, it was just what I thought was going on in my head, right? Each of the vacation goals looked like little Pokemon cards side by side <laughs> with a progress bar. And what? Hilarious.
0: Now this is before this, is this before Wix and all these other easy sites to create? Is this before all that? Mm -hmm. what'd you make, Mm -hmm. what'd you, what'd you, what'd you make it on? Like WordPress or how'd you do it?
1: So it was basically, it wasn't even, it wasn't functional. It was just a clickable prototype. So it was a combination of, I guess, sketch and envision and envision has done very well. Now, are Um, you,
0: are you, can let me take another pause here. You know, you're working a full-time job still.
1: Right. I was working a full-time job still. Yeah. And actually my job prevented me from being able to go to my last of the 10 classes because I had to work late that night and there was no way I could get out of it. Like I'm an analyst, right? And when, when an MD tells you, a managing director tells you, you have to stay, you cannot go.
0: So I just want to pause here. Cause I think this is really important. You know, um, I, I always, I always say that I'm prejudiced against one type of person. It's lazy people. <laughs> and, yeah, and, here you are. You're working a full time job. You're taking all these courses to learn this. St- you, you know, not that you have to be an expert, but I want to know a little bit about this stuff. You're taking these courses. You're drawing up this plan in your spare time. Meanwhile, all your friends they're 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 you know going to y- yoga class or the happy hour or whatever. And you're like, nope. I'm going to build my. B-. I mean, you're hustling. The hustle. The hustle. It's just so important. I, you know, for the listeners of the podcast, you know, none of this stuff happens by accident. I don't care. You, They watch some movie, right? Like they watch the Facebook movie and they're like, oh, is this, oh, you become a billionaire in like two hours. No, that's not how it works. Like, no, there's a, you have to hustle. You have to work your ass off and work extra hours and do all these things to make it happen. It doesn't just happen on accident. And here Eric is sharing her early story saying, hey, by the way, I did all this stuff, you know, at night and on the weekends. So, I just want to let that sink in for the listeners because I think it's really, really important. If you want to be successful, you've got to have grit and you've got to have hustle and you got to be able to just work your ass off. So, just want to let that breathe. All <laughs> right. So, you, so now you get this, you get this clickable, you get this prototype. Okay. Then where where do you go from here?
1: So. My job, the, the role that I had the last eight months that I was at the bank was pretty intense and there okay. were some very long hours okay. with or without the courses on the side. Uh, and so I got to a point where I said, I don't think I can do this on the side anymore if I actually want to do it. I'm 24 yep. at this point, yep. And I said, I would like to do this when I don't have any really big financial commitments. I also I also think it's really important to put into context because I was 24, yes. leaving a, leaving my company I, I was in the privileged position of not having student debt to pay off.
0: Gotcha. And yeah. you had a nice, and you had been building savings. So exactly, no debt, no savings. And you didn't did you own a home or were you leasing at the time?
1: No, no leasing. And I'm still leasing to this day. Okay. Um, okay.
0: Well, yeah. that's good. No, that's a great, thank you for pointing that out for the listeners. So, all I right.
1: Think, well, that like I there's, and, and you get a lot of these discussions, especially just have gone a little bit of a tangent with a lot of, female founder discussions they like to talk about how difficult it is for women to raise money and all these other things but i have been privileged in a lot of other ways so i just i just think it's fair to acknowledge it right yeah yep
0: yep that's great well i mean yeah but you came out of college debt-free because of because you kicked ass to get the scholarships to go into school right i mean it does tie back to your hustle (laughs) hustle. Uh, um so okay now let's do let's talk about one of my favorite parts which is That moment where you said, I'm going to quit my job and I'm going to go all in. How did this, or did you, how did you do it? Talk to us about it.
1: (laughs) This is, it's actually hilarious because I found it the other day. I put together on a PowerPoint presentation, a row of sort of photos and quotes Quotes from people like Steve Jobs and Elon Musk and uh, Richard Branson and all these people that have started companies. And I just, I couldn't ignore it. And I think that a little bit of this comes from the travel piece because Mm -hmm. it's like, what does it mean to live a life without regrets? How could you look back on your life and say, I lived a life without regrets. I took the chances that I should have. And I, I, Grabbed opportunities and actually one person who had started companies before me who I just had conversations with coffee chats with because I was trying to build up my inspiration and reduce my fear. Yes said uh, he actually regularly goes to an elderly care home and it's really interesting. That
3: is powerful. That's powerful Powerful
1: because if you hear people talking about the regrets that they have about their life, all of a sudden it it takes away a lot of your fear because you're like, if I didn't take this chance, I would regret not taking the chance. I won't regret failing. I will regret not taking the chance.
0: That is so powerful. That's another great tip for the listeners. Yeah. Yeah. Just go visit with an 85-year-old, and you can get some real perspective on what your priorities should be.
2: <laughs> exactly, exactly.
0: Super powerful. By the way, the same thing applies to going to a cemetery. You don't walk along. If you walk along and look, look at the headstones, it doesn't say – uh best VP in 2019 with best EBITDA number, right? Like, it don't say anything like that.
1: (laughs) No, no, nothing like that on Uh, Tombstone.
0: No, So, okay, that's, well, that's really good. Okay, so you have these quotes, you have this, all right, go ahead.
1: And then I think at some point, like, it wasn't an immediate decision, but it was just me continuously building up these articles and these quotes and these stories about people that against all odds made it work or, or started something from nothing or started something big and, and basically took a role of leadership and uh-huh. said, I want to do this thing. So I am going to make it happen. I will do everything in my power to make it happen.
0: Okay. And so did you, did you, did you leave your job and just do it by yourself or did you raise a little cash first? How did, or did you partner with somebody talk? Cause I think,
1: did it say co-founder? Did you have a co-founder? I do. I do have a co-founder. He's absolutely brilliant. And this is the part where, okay. I got incredibly lucky. So I resigned. I resigned December 2016. Okay. And my boss was very cool about it. And she said, let me keep you on (gasps) part-time for two months. Beautiful. Part-time for two months while you transition out and we can transition someone else into your role and you can keep your salary. Did
0: you tell her you were leaving because you were starting your own company? Yeah. And she was super cool about
1: it. She was so supportive. That's Excellent. Wow. Kudos and to her. She, Kudos. At, at, I think it was at 35, she was already a managing director. So she was the ultimate hustler, but she very much went down this corporate path and made her way in business. And she did incredibly well for herself. And I think, and it was funny because I think this is, comes back to the constructive criticism piece. During my review, probably six months into the job that I was there for eight months, it wasn't the best, most glowing reviews. And so really? I, think, I Well, I think she could tell that, I was doing the bare minimum because on the side, I'm trying to start a company and I'm not telling anyone, right? Like,
0: You know what? When she when she told you that she'd keep you on part-time for a couple of months, deep down, she's like just a little bit envious. She's like, you know what? Damn it. I wish I was Erica because I, yes. yeah.
1: I think so. I think there's a part of her that's like, this is cool. This yes. Is something oh, no doubt about it. Done.
0: Yes. No doubt about it. No doubt about it. Okay. So how'd you meet your co-founder?
1: So I actually went to what's called a hacker nest social. Okay. I walked into this social by myself. I knew nobody. And I talked to, like, walking in by myself, dead sober, nobody in the room that I know. And I'm walking around just saying, hi, like, and talking to people about what I'm trying to do, right? I'm like, I've quit my job. I've built a clickable prototype. I have put some of my own money into this company. I'm very serious about doing this. I don't know where to start.
0: Uh, wow. Now, 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 knowing you, you're very goal-oriented, very organized. Had you already mapped out at home? You're like, okay, I have this many months before I run out of cash, and if I don't get something going by here, I have to get another job. Had you already done all that? Oh, yeah. Okay.
1: Oh, yeah. Okay. okay. Yeah, that was definitely a part of the upfront plan. I was like, I also don't want to be broke. So gotcha. what does this look like? What do I need to accomplish in the next 6 to 12 months? Okay. Um, and so so I, I still can't believe that the first month that I had just resigned from my job, I met my co-founder.
0: Okay. That is, can you mention your co-founder's name on the podcast or is it private? Yes.
1: Abhinav, Abhinav Mather. He, his parents moved him to Canada from Lucknow, India in 2013 Okay. Um he is brilliant and ah, like just awesome. the sweetest person. We moved to Chicago together during Tech Stars. Uh okay. like we we get along awesome. very well. We have very different skill sets. Uh what, which says, is
0: perfect. That's perfect. You want yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. He always says he could never do my job, and I always tell him I could never do his job. I tried, or I tried to code, and I cannot. Um, I always tell him though, if we had to do a pitch in Hindi, I would need him to do it.
0: That. <laughs>
1: That's where he could do my job better than me.
0: Uh, well, by the way, when you're in the room and you're talking to people, and you shake this guy's hand, and you're like, you kind of connect, and then you're like, oh, I kind of like this guy, and maybe he he likes your idea, and then there was a, and then it just built after that.
1: So he actually, he was the fifth person I talked to that night. Uh, We just randomly made eye contact as I was walking past. I was about to head out. Um, And he said, well, I'm working for this company right now, but what if I just help draft your job applications? What if I just help you find someone qualified to be your technical co-founder? Because I know based on your prototype, what they would need to be capable of in order to pull this off.
0: Did you say in exchange for what?
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. And he said nothing. I just like the startup space. He, during university, he'd tried to help two other companies sort of get off the ground. Wow. And I guess when they, when the, um, when the founders or co-founders had graduated, they just went and got jobs. So it didn't end up turning into anything. And so he was passionate about startups. Mm,
0: there's another good tip for the listeners. Just a really quick, a really a good morsel right there. If you want to make connections and you want good things to come your way, volunteer and just help people just find a way to give back. And here he is. Your co-founder said, you know what? I I like you. I like your idea. I just, let me just, let me just try to help. Boom. Right there. See what that did? I mean, that kind of stuff comes back around in life. And I think, I think if you're in the entrepreneurial space and you want to be involved in all that, just try giving a little bit, just try, just try volunteering and giving a little bit. You'd be amazed what can happen. So, okay, cool
1: yes and that's uh, uh, that's something beautiful about the startup space is mm-hmm. you can't start without some people actually genuinely that's just right. giving that's right like it's there's a You're lot right. of people will try to do sort of the uh, for anyone that's read the book Give and Take, they will people will try to do matching yeah. where it's like I will only do something for you if I get something in return. The yeah. startup space I have found a lot of people do not operate that way because somebody up front helped them with no that conditions. is right.
2: You're
0: absolutely right. You're absolutely right. Okay, so now you and him, you're so you're off to the races. Now you're you're starting to build something. You're starting to really put something together now.
1: Yes, yes, okay. and so we really thought. I just said, okay, I want to help people save for their travel goals. I want it to be visual. I want it to be aspirational. I want people to know that while you're saving for this trip, like I want them to feel that excitement leading up to it. And now Great. after having done more research into the travel space, I know that people get more joy in anticipation of a trip than they do on the trip itself. <laughs> and so that's something that we really leverage. We're like, we need this that's to be visual and aspirational. Great. Yeah.
0: Great point. All right. So now uh, have you raised cash to this point?
1: No, you no, haven't had, you haven't
0: had to raise any cash, but you are, you do have revenue or you have clients, you have revenue.
1: Not upfront, not in, I call 2017 the year of doing things that did not work.
0: Okay. Because you so, pivoted, you had a little pivot in there somewhere. Go ahead.
1: Exactly. So we thought it was B2C. We thought it was just going to be this savings tool for people's travel goals. And I started asking people. So I did founder Institute that okay. started in Silicon Valley. So you pitch to people in the tech community in your city every week for three months, oh, which was great. A great way to network. That's how I got my first angel investor.
3: Ah, okay. All right.
1: Not the day that I did my pitch for him, but months later, he was still on our monthly updates. And after a pivot, he said, I like this. I'm in.
0: Wow. So that was the first cash you took. Yes. Okay. All
1: right. And that was a part of our, we sort of did sort of like a mini within our network slash friends and family round just to raise a little bit of money up front. We weren't paying ourselves. My co-founder didn't leave his job. He was doing this on the side. He didn't leave his job until maybe, until october 1st 2017 that was his first day full-time with me so through 2017 he was still making money at his other job while he's trying to figure out how to do this on the side with me
0: okay now um, let me th- let me take a pause here this is a scary part so how long had it been since you quit your job you quit your job in december of 2016 yep all right so you had gone almost a whole year now without taking a salary for yourself so you're living off your own savings while you're yeah, working, so yeah,
1: January, okay. February, because my boss let me stay part time, right? So January, oh, February, right. she let me keep my okay. full salary. Right, right,
2: right. And
1: then I was trying to figure out okay, well, what the heck is the next step? I don't know how to start <laughs> this thing. Um, and so I found somebody that I met at a conference that I was at, just a fintech conference in Toronto, said, oh, well, you should do Founder Institute. It's for see. people exactly like you that don't know how to start a company, basically. Like, okay. what is the first step? And so I started to do a little bit more research about Founder Institute. And then I said, well, I need to build up my network really quickly. And this seems like a good way to do it. I also really enjoy presenting. So that was helpful. So every week for three months, I'm meeting new people in the tech community. And people are willing to make introductions, right? Like you have to just be willing to ask for help. And so that was 2017 was just a year of networking and building up what would be a foundation. And so we, at that time, were asking end users and that's something founder institute drives you to do find your users figure out what their pain points are what is preventing them from doing what you're trying to help them accomplish okay and so i'm asking people what prevents you from going on vacation and 50 percent of people said i don't have the budget I don't and the have other 50 said i'm hesitant to take time off work
0: i would say that's right yeah i'm, I'm just guessing that's right yep 50 50 okay
1: and so the people that didn't want to take time off work, they said, I don't want to let my colleagues down. I don't want to let work pile up. I don't want to be viewed as entitled. I don't want to be passed up for a promotion. There were all these workplace uncertainty reasons mm-hmm. that people did not want to use their time off mm-hmm. or they were just a couple of years into their career and they didn't yet know what expectations were. Right. And so around that time, as I'm pitching to all these executives, tech executives in Toronto, they're like, You know, this is a really tight labor market and people aren't using their vacation days and we need them to use their vacation days because especially in Canada, you can't, you can't just do use it or lose it for all of people's vacation days. If people do not use at least 10 vacation days in a year, the company is obligated to pay those days out. Oh,
3: I see. I see. Okay.
1: So right. it is a balance sheet liability. And so I'm hearing from these companies, tight labor market. We need a unique way to attract talent. Also, we have some people burning out. Our company's growing fast. There's one person doing each job. How can we make people go on vacation? We'd rather lose them for two weeks than lose them to burn out. And,
0: and you're over talent. here going, you're over here going, I got an idea. I know how I can help.
1: <laughs> well, that and B2C, B2C fintech in Canada, we're, we're a fraction of the United States population, yeah. right? We're like a tenth. And so, B2C fintech in Canada, people always say the population isn't big enough.
2: Mm. So
1: a lot of the time, especially unless you've got something really special, B2C fintech in Canada is hard. So people kept telling me, how can you find a B2B angle for this? Do okay. you like this better if there's a B2B angle? And then people are telling me they want permission to use their time off before they're willing to take it. And companies are telling me they want to use this as their talent attraction and retention strategy. And so my first reaction was, let me see if there is anyone in the world, any companies in the world putting money towards people's vacations Okay. And seeing success as a result. All right. Has it done any good for them? And so okay. that's where Colorado comes into this. So oh. I'm looking into companies. So Basecamp in Chicago, yep. Jason Fried's company, they do $5,000 a year, use it or lose it to go on vacation.
3: Wow. Okay.
1: And then full contact in Colorado, $7,500 a year, use it or lose it for people mm-hmm. to go on vacation.
0: Oh, I didn't know that. Okay. Wow. Good for them. Wow. Yeah,
1: It's incredible. And I didn't know they had also been a tech stars company, but small world. So, yeah. um, and so that was incredible. And so I said, these companies are writing articles about how it's an amazing strategy, want to make sure employees actually use their vacation time Two to show people like these, these are our company values, you can actually live an incredible life and travel and work for this company, have an ambitious career and an ambitious bucket list. And so I said, okay, this works. Not every company can afford $5,000, nope. use it or lose it to people nope. vacations. Right. Let's do some employee accountability in this. Let's make this a matching program.
3: Okay. All
2: right. So
1: I said, okay, you know what? This is going to be employer matched vacation saving. So January, 2018, we're like B2B pivot done. Employer matched vacation saving, the best employee benefit ever. I love it. And we have a whole bunch of tech startups in Toronto. First, obviously very forward thinking, put their hands up and say, Hey, we know this is early days, but, our employees really want this. Our young people really want this. This will be incredibly valuable. We want to start offering it right away. And there was no platform behind it because we didn't know that it was going to be B2B. So it's literally me going in, onboarding employees with a type form survey.
2: <laughs> thing.
1: Okay, how much do you want to contribute per paycheck towards your vacation fund? This is why your company is doing this. Your company is matching anywhere between $10 a paycheck and $50 a paycheck towards your vacation fund to try to help you take advantage of your time off. And show them that they care about you. And what do you want to do with this money? Where what are you saving for? And then I go and email these people once a month telling them how much money they've saved towards their vacation.
0: Wow. Meanwhile, your co-founder is feverishly trying to build this stuff out, right? Exactly. I'm guessing. Okay. And you you didn't you didn't have the money to hire other developers at that time, right? You just had
1: to Exactly. And so
0: I love that. You're you're actually people are now saying if I can just put this in layman's terms, people are saying, I want your product. And, you, and you're like, okay, cool. Well, we don't really have a product yet, but I'm working on it and I'll go ahead exactly. and pitch. it.
1: <laughs> exactly. It was, and I actually loved it because the other things uh, that I've read about the startup space is, if you can get someone yes. to buy a very manual, strict, scrappy version of your processes, bingo. then you know that it's worth automating and scaling.
0: Right? Bingo, bingo, bingo. Yeah, and we could do a whole nother podcast on that. I've interviewed yeah. a few, I've interviewed several, the entrepreneurs on the flex podcast that actually built a following on on social media and didn't even have the product yet, and waited until people started saying "I want the product," and then they built the product. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. okay, right, this is great. So now you're now you're like, holy cow, we actually have people that want to pay us. I'm like, now 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 we okay, great. And when was this? This is this middle is of Jan-
1: January, February, 2018. Awesome. We were onboarding the first few companies and it was obviously called the pilot because there's no real thing behind it. And I'm coordinating (laughs) with the payroll providers of all of these companies and then trying to go back to the bank that I worked for and say, I need to set up the right kind of account to hold this money. And I, it was very reactive. Wow. It felt better to be reactive because then I, unlike in 2017, I'm just guessing what I'm supposed to be doing next.
0: Right now you're like, yep, yep, yep. Yep. People you're starting. To get, yes, you're starting to get some clear vision now. Now, now, are customers actually, are clients actually writing you checks now? They're
1: paying time. for a platform. I, uh, yeah, which is not a platform. It's me, right? <laughs> and so that that was the point where I said, okay, I will do a small sort of within my network, friends I and family round, pull I some see. money in because I have proven that someone yep. will pay us to do what we want to do.
0: Bingo! I mean, that's the first. That's the perfect time to ask for the money because now you can say, hey. These folks right over here ready to write us checks. We just got to get this stuff going. So help me out. Perfect. Perfect time. Exactly. Okay, exactly. great. All right. So you took on a little seed money, angel money stuff since... The, okay. No other... You haven't yes. done like a Series A or anything, have you?
1: No, right. no. And okay. technically, if you if you actually talk to investors, we're technically still pre-seed. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Okay. But angel investors have been very supportive. Um, and that, and we got some money when we did Techstars in Chicago. So that was the summer of 2018.
0: Now, you're, can I ask this? I don't know if you want this in the podcast. You may have me edit it out later, later but are you still in control? You still... Is Erica still...
1: I am. Okay. I am Good. still in a control, which is also nice because we've only raised on convertible notes and safe agreements. Okay. we haven't cool. done a price round.
0: Oh,
3: great. So okay. I, great. I've
1: also made sure that when it all converts, I'll still have <laughs>
0: control
1: over the company, but
0: you, you know, I'm sure you get tons of advice on this out of all the people you've met. Uh, you know, my, as your new friend uh, from RiderFlex, you know, as long as you can hold on to control, hold on to it. I mean, eventually, you know, if you really want to scale up and you take on some big money, you know, eventually things change. But boy, yeah. hold on, hold on to it as long as you can. <laughs> I
1: know. I know. Well, and even when people ask me about exit opportunities and we're we're technically in the fintech space, the HR tech space, and the travel space.
2: Wow. So there's yeah.
1: a lot of opportunities. And when we started onboarding our clients, what was interesting, and I always tell people if anything, relate to the employee benefits party because it's evolved so much mm-hmm. over the last 10 years. Mm. The only thing that really supports us and our growth is that our clients came back to us and said, we've never seen an employee benefit get over 80% opt-in before.
0: I believe it. I believe it. As as a former CEO uh, myself, having run a couple of $40 million companies, I was always amazed. You know, HR would come to me and say, hey, we're going to we're going to roll out this thing for the employees and nobody would sign up. I mean, nobody, just nobody cared. Like nobody, nobody would bother to care whatever it was, right? What Maybe it was a program to help you buy a car or maybe it was a free gym membership or whatever. we tried to roll out. People are just like, eh, you know, they just didn't. Yeah. So wow. 80%, 80% reaction to it from it. That's huge.
1: And that means they're not, that doesn't mean they're creating an account. So that means they have chosen to direct a portion of their paycheck into their vacation fund on a biweekly or semi-monthly basis.
0: That's more, so, that's, that's more proof of concept for you, knowing that you're onto something right there. Bingo.
3: Exactly.
1: Okay. well, and, and when we started looking at this, we said, okay, well, this is one of the, f- why, why is this happening? And this is one of the few things that regardless of age, gender, income bracket, marital status, stage of life, no matter who you are, everyone's expected to take some time off at some point throughout the year. And if your company could help you use that time off a little bit better, That's wonderful. And so from an employee's perspective, it's why wouldn't I sign up for more free money and this forced savings tool?
0: Why wouldn't I? I mean, right. Uh, Okay. So now, all right. So now it's 20, well, it's 2020. Gosh, I almost forgot. Oh gosh. (laughs) Uh, So 2019, you're now, tell us, give us a kind of like, all right, to date, like right now, as the company stands now, give us kind of an up-to-date version of where you're at.
1: Yeah, so we have clients, both American and Canadian clients, which is helpful. Um, Right now, what we're working on... So one of our investors actually runs LinkedIn Canada.
3: Oh, okay. And
1: one of his lines to me, whether I should be sharing this or not, was, (laughs) uh, Erica, I actually don't care about your targets this year. I care about how do you make vacation fund so impactful to a company's culture, so a part of a company's culture that once they start offering it, they would never want to take it away. Mm, right? right?
2: Yeah. And Love so it.
1: from our perspective we said okay so how can we keep adding this value? And we basically it took us all of 2019 because basically if you have full-time salaried employees they can sign up for vacation fund. So okay. it was really difficult for us to figure out okay companies of any size can do this. Who do we want to target? Hmm. And all of 2019 it basically took us all of 2019 to discover the two biggest reasons why companies were buying. Okay. The first reason is just a employer branding play, a talent attraction play, a perception play. How can we show people that we're a forward-thinking company, they can live a great life and work for our company. It was was one company in particular said, I use this for campus recruiting. Now people, candidates hadn't heard about our company before. When we tell them we have a vacation fund, now they're interested.
3: Yeah. Okay.
1: So it was an employer branding play for some. For others, they actually have an employee burnout problem. They have an underused vacation day problem. They have people that are incredibly ambitious and that's wonderful, but people need to know that it's actually an expectation to use vacation days because Mm -hmm. burnout is actually happening. And because people are being impacted, 60% of short-term disability claims right now are for mental health.
0: (laughs) I didn't know that. I didn't know that stat. Wow. Okay.
3: And that's the kind of
1: thing that's so hard to prove. So a lot of those claims actually get denied.
3: I see. Wow. And so
1: some companies have said, look, like, Sometimes people just need a minute. Mm -hmm. And so we don't actually force people to spend their money with one specific travel provider. We say, okay, we go to a company and say, how do you want this? How do you want us to monitor the spend of these funds? And most companies have said, look, as long as people use at least two vacation days in a row and the money goes towards something that helps them rest or experience something new. That's great. That's great. We added some value to their lives. That's all we care about.
0: I see. Okay. Now can I ask you this? Um, if I'm the CEO and uh, you know you pitch me, well, Ryderflex, we're only like 15 people today. But if we got, if we had, if we had 120 employees at Riderflex, how would you? How would you? My first question as the CEO would be, how much does this cost?
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. So uh, we we turned it into a tiered subscription model for actually. So for companies three to 20 people, we charge 60 bucks a month. Uh, okay. 20, generally, it ends up coming out as you go up the size range generally comes out to between two and $6 per employee per month. Oh, the oh, bigger that's, oper- okay. Yeah, that's okay. It's yeah, minimal. That's, that's minimal. The, the yep. bigger, the bigger challenge, especially as the organizations get larger is trying to sell them on this concept that, Hey, you should now allocate budget towards employees vacation fund.
3: I see. Okay. Because
1: there's, we have a client that does, matches $5 a paycheck towards okay. employees vacation fund. So okay. employees have to put aside $10, at least $10 and they'll get $5 towards their vacation fund. That's mm. fine. We did see below 80% often at that company because employees were like, "Uh, is this enough to convince me to change my habits? So we've now recommended that companies start matching at least $10 a paycheck. We have companies asking, can I contribute on a rewards basis or a recognition basis or a milestones basis? That's fine as well. But if a company, especially if a company is actually trying to change people's habits and show that they really need people to prioritize taking some time off, Mm -hmm. then there's this recommendation to do the matching.
0: Mm, I like it. You know who your target could be? Every every company that has a crappy glass door uh, rating, you can just go to those companies and say, "Hey, I'm going to help you out with the glass door rating." Here's a new program. <laughs>
2: yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh,
0: so, how many can you tell? I mean, like, how do you, how many companies have you signed up? Can you share that, or is that part yeah. of your private?
1: No, no, absolutely. So we've got seventeen companies on the platform today. Okay,
0: okay great. Um, Congratu- congratulations.
1: Thank you, thank you. We we read something that said, okay, once you've got once you got to ten clients, it's not a coincidence
0: anymore. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, a similar quote is, you know, once you get uh, strange, once you get an absolute stranger to write you a check for your service, then you know you might have something.
1: <laughs> yes, yes, and thankfully that has now happened. And the, oh my great. gosh, the industries are all over the place. We've got a cannabis company. We've got a veterinary great. clinic. We've got a computer shop. We've got, we've got all different kinds of industries, a lot of tech companies, especially because the growing tech companies, a lot of the time in the early days have one person doing each job. And so Mm -hmm. people feel that much more guilty taking time off, right? Like you're supposed to be constantly moving at this pace. And so people don't want to be the person to take time off because it'll inconvenience everyone else.
0: Gotcha. Are you going to, are you going to have a giant social media play on this where you can, like you encourage employees, like send us photos when you were at the beach and let's play it up. Are you going to do, I'm just curious. Are you going to,
2: Because
0: in my head, I'm thinking, man, there's a huge social media play here where you could, you could tie in, uh, you know, look at me, here I am. Thanks to the vacation fund. I'm on the beach. I don't know.
1: Yeah. And actually companies, the companies, especially the companies that really want this to help strengthen the reputation and attract talent have said, well, what if we can put more money into people's vacation fund if on their trip they take a photo and put it on social media with the company's logo in the picture
0: bingo i see yeah all i think yes there's a bunch of there's a bunch of social media play right there no doubt about it okay awesome so now are you paying yourself yet by the way
1: I am. I am. Okay. It's about minimum wage, but it's it's enough to get by. It's, uh, it's, still, it's still a grind. Uh, but, uh, you know, uh, when, you're, when your expenses are still higher than your revenue, you kind of want to operate as lean as you possibly can.
0: Isn't it amazing, Eric? And I think, uh, and I know I've already kept you over on time here. I'll try to get towards wrap up, but you're fascinating to talk to. So I apologize <laughs> for going over. Isn't it amazing? I remember when I when I was getting ready to start Rider Flex, I was a, I was a C-level executive making over 200 grand for many years in a row. And I remember telling my wife, I'm, I'm like, hey, listen, I think Scott and I are going to do Rider Flex full time. And she's like, okay, well, h- how much is that going to pay us next year? And I was like, well, um, I don't think anything the first year. <laughs> yeah. And she said, well, how about the second year? And I was like, well, how about like, 30 grand. Is that, could we live off that?
1: <laughs> That's hilarious. That was basically my 2017 and my 2018, I'm going back looking at my tax stuff now. I'm like, oh boy. You know, not look good.
0: but isn't it amazing if you're an entrepreneur, if you're a business owner, even if you're not the majority owner, if you have a large stake in a startup, it is amazing to me how you just feel yeah, it sucks to to be a little bit poor, but you're so driven by the energy and the passion and everything around it that you're just like, I don't care. That, that That's cool. We don't, I don't have to have those shoes. We don't have to go out and eat five times. A, you know, like you, you just, you just figure it out. I, I was blown away that my wife and I were able to make the financial adjustment to get rider Flex going the way we did. Cause at first I'm like, well, there's no way in hell like we can live off no money for a couple of years while we get this thing going. But you know what? We almost did. <laughs> because if you're passionate enough about it, and this goes all the way back to one of your first quotes in the podcast, if you are passionate enough about what you want to do, you will figure out a way to make it. You'll figure it out. You'll you'll get rid of the expensive car and you'll buy a beater car. You'll you'll sell your house and you'll move into a cheap apartment. You'll do whatever it takes to figure it out. And that goes all the way back to your fir- first point. And I really believe that. I do believe yeah.
1: that. And one of my favorite entrepreneurship quotes, and I, as you said earlier, I don't know whose quote this is, so I can't give them credit. But entrepreneurship is living a few years of your life like most people won't, so you can live the rest of your life like most people can't.
0: Ooh, that's another good one. That's another. I love good one, that man. one. It's another good one. It is special, isn't it? I, I always it try to share. I always, I have friends of mine that have like regular jobs, you know. In fact, I'm about to go as soon as I finish this podcast. I'm about to go hang out with a dear friend of mine. He's a great guy. But he's just, I'm just content with my regular little job. And almost always, I'm like, bro, I'm like, you just don't, you don't understand the, 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 the rush that comes from doing your own thing. It's just, Oh my God. I, uh, if I ever had to go back to just being an employee now, I think I, I don't know. Uh, I couldn't do it. (laughs) So congrats to you. I know. Congrats to everything you guys are doing. I mean, really, I'm super happy for you. Um, and now, now Thank you so much You've got revenue going You've got 17 clients You've got a little bit of seed angel people behind you You've got some nice mentors It sounds like And people you've made contacts with That are giving you advice um, You're paying yourself Just enough money to survive <laughs> By the way You, yeah. mentioned, you mentioned earlier I, I don't know You said you're getting married soon Do you, Is that something I can bring up here? Um, yeah,
1: absolutely Absolutely. I, I when I got engaged last, I mean, dis, I guess it was the end of December twenty eighteen. I said, "Oh, this is good. This means I haven't neglected my relationship during this process."
0: <laughs> oh, oh, was this somebody you knew? Like, even when you started the company, <laughs> was this somebody? Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay, this is somebody you had long time. I didn't know if it was. I was thinking to myself, you met somebody, and he's like, "Well, what do you do for a living?" I'm like, "Well, uh, well, I'm running this company." And then they're like, "Well," and, you're, and he's like, "Well, what does that pay?" And you're like, "Well, nothing, but it's going to someday." <laughs>
2: oh <laughs> uh, that's, yeah. no, that's yeah, cool so, exactly. so
0: this was a relationship that stood the test of time through all of this startup phase. I think that's very important. That's great. I think Good. it was
1: also very helpful that um his uncle had been a very successful entrepreneur, so oh, there was entrepreneurship wow. in his family.
3: Ah, great,
0: okay, so he and
3: got he, it.
2: he, he, he understood
1: he, it.
0: Really cool stuff, Erica, really cool stuff. Okay, so for the listeners, vacationfund.io, vacationfund.io, right? Is that the best, if they want to get in contact with you or anything, is that the best thing to do?
1: Yes, absolutely.
0: Okay. Uh, Wish you the best of luck. Thank you so much for being on the Rider Flex podcast, Erica.
1: No problem. Thank you so much, Steve, for chatting with me. It's always good to look at where we've been to appreciate where we are now.
0: It is. Great story. Take care. Thank you so much. Uh, bye-bye. The Rider Flex podcast features entrepreneurs, business executives, and the stories behind how they got there, as well as daily tips on career advice and job interviews. Our show can be heard just about anywhere these days, but you can visit riderflex.com and click on the podcast page to hear all the previous episodes and learn more about the recruiting and consulting services we provide contact us at the email address info at riderflex.com or 888-964-5876. Thanks so much for listening, and if you enjoy our show, please be sure to subscribe to our channel and like the episodes.